Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by our bannermen, Lord Jason of House Ross, Lady Amanda of House Richardson, Lord Adam the Young Bull of House Parker, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, Sandy the Dragon, Blood of Queen Daenerys, and Lady of Jameson, Lord Brett of House Fry, Sir David of House Fraser, Lord Nelson of the Long Isle, Sir Joshua of House Ross, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Sir Matthew of House Perry. Welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt the Bud Knight, maker of gains, co-lord of the White Claw. And I am Sir Ezra, the watchful, stealer of hearts, bandit of time, and co-lord of the White Claw. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are into brand four of A Clash of Kings, and in our Maesters study, we will be discussing Maesters. Yeah, man. You know, hey, it's time to, it's, you know, it's almost like... Sometimes we look at the world through the eyes of the Macers, and sometimes it, it's time to put them in check, you know? Oh, and, oh. And, and, <laughs> and say, hey, you know, who are these guys? And let's, let's look at who's telling us the stories, okay? Yeah, you know what? It's funny because we've had that conversation where we've talked about the Macers and what do they know? What's their agenda? I'm going, I'm, I'm going to take that and flip it, flip it on its head today. I have heard that, and I, I think you're going to be blown away by what I have to say about Maester Lewin today. I, I, I really do. Wow, Maester Lewin, though, he seems like a pretty good guy. But some That's of these other saying. guys, Yandel, uh, who's writing the history here? Oh, okay. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, Maester Gildane. I mean, you've got you know some of those other guys. Uh, yeah, the Archmaesters aren't to be trusted sometimes. I don't know. So we're, we're going to talk about that later. But uh, before we do that, how's it going, man? How was vacation? It was good. I went to Vegas for the weekend. Um, I got to say, interesting experience uh, flying with during COVID. Um, shout out! I will say props to Southwest Airlines. That's who I flew with. I know there's some other airlines where they are filling all of the seats. Southwest flew. You had two. You had a, every middle seat was open, which is honestly how it should be in every flight in the first place. Um, also, uh, in the airport, you ha- in the Portland airport, everyone has to wear a mask. In the Vegas airport, everyone I don't think has to wear a mask. There was definitely some people without one. Um, a public service announcement here. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Just wear a mask. Okay. Sorry. I mean, I get it. <laughs> like some people don't want to, and all I'm gonna say is, to the people out there that are laughing about coronavirus, you won't be laughing if you get it, because you won't be able to. Okay, uh, I mean, wow, it's yeah. it's serious. It's a, it's a serious thing, guys. So anyway, so props to Southwest Airlines for having having that. Um, it was, and they only let like ten people get on at a time. Okay. So you know when you normally get on a plane and 
And I was oh, like, yeah. my God, this is – first of all, it was cool because then, like, you know, you're not as round as many people as you're getting on the plane. It was infinitely more efficient than it normally is to get on a plane. Like, you know when you get on a plane and everyone's standing on, like, the tunnel as you go into the – as you yes. get onto the plane? Yes. Everyone's, like, crowding against each other, and it's either incredibly cold or incredibly hot uh, in, in that thing. Well, and then when you get on the plane, you're, like, you know – slammed up against people as you're oh, yeah. waiting for them to get their thing in the overhead bin or decide am i going to keep going so i can get a seat or it was so much fa- it actually was faster it was yeah way more it was way more faster by doing it in groups of 10 than it was having everyone do it now when at the end of the time when we got off the flight everyone kind of gets up and they're you know, it's the same thing. So it's like, well, we're obviously not six feet apart uh, yeah, here, yeah. but it was it it just it wasn't as bad because there was less people on the flight. Um, so, but I think I think the getting on the plane was fine. So then we got to Vegas. Um, you know, we go there and there's so my girlfriend can see her her nieces. Uh, and so we're like in this huge house. So we're just like hanging out. It was great. You know, they have pools. Like 100 degree weather. It was like 110 degree weather. Water was like 80, 90 degrees. I mean, it was perfect we didn't we didn't go like to the strip or anything um so when we say we go to vegas it's more like yeah we go to henderson which is like a suburb of vegas just to kind of hang out but great vacation um plowed through did a deep dive into the audiobooks here um as and i are yeah we had a lot of things coming um as i mean should we talk about some of that some of that stuff we yeah oh yeah we, we always we're always saying hey guys we're working behind the scenes we're working behind the scenes. well now it's time to let you guys in on you know what it is we've been working on and, right and stuff like that yeah no this is the are you talking about like the updates to patron yeah pa- our patreon yeah man i mean so we just did a call the banners um episode there i think that's free anyone can go look at that it's a video and it's it's on the feed there so if you go to patreon.com forward slash bend the knee uh, you'll see us kind of updating everyone on the new rewards and things that we want to do for our patrons. Because to be quite frank, um, y- you know, Matt doesn't have a job right now, and he's he's working from home. Where, where he, well, yeah. literally working from home uh, <laughs> yeah. every day on content. And so we started thinking about this more. Um, we do a lot of projects. We love doing this. We love being creators and and making stuff that's that's you know cool and entertaining. I have been um, I've got this new energy about me i've been thinking about the series in a different way i've been going back and doing my point of view read throughs if you haven't listened to my daenerys um extended edition i just did sort of a daenerys all the way through a storm of swords talking about what's going on with her and the things that i learned from that these these little like clues that's all there i I guess we're doing more of that and we're going to go back to patreon and really put in some really good quality time there because those people are the people who are supporting us and they're really we don't have any ads on this podcast we've never had um advertisements at the beginning we could put them in mid-roll things like that we just don't want to do that because i don't know we we like the show the way it is we think you guys like it that way and you guys support us over there so when that's happening that's i think it's better so and you guys get some fun uh content over there so some of the things we're doing we're doing a zoom chat we are Zoom is the way to go. We've kind of figured out Discord. I think was so difficult for people to get into. You know, it's difficult. So. I mean, I'll be honest with you. It as somebody who has used it for a long time, I think I for me it's still difficult because sometimes you're just in there and you're like, why isn't this working? What is going on? Like it just crashes a lot. Um, it's cool. I mean, it gives you a lot of options, um, and it was certainly better than Skype or any of that other stuff. But Zoom. 
uh, has like drastically changed the game. Yeah. Uh, it's, yes. It's it's so much easier. It's yeah, there's just there's a lot there's a lot of the same features you had in Discord um, here, and now it's something that everyone's familiar with because everyone's using it. So. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot easier, it's, I think, uh, for us. So we're going to be doing these Zoom kind of hangouts. So um, different than Raven's Nest, I would say. It's just a Zoom hangout. We're just getting yes. there hanging out. talking. You want to talk about whatever, just come in, hang out, grab you a White Claw, grab yeah. you a Mead, grab you a whatever, and we're just, we're just hanging out. And our first one of those is going to be next Monday. Uh, am I correct in that, yep. Sir Ezra? Next Monday. Uh, July 6th, it will be 6 p.m. Pacific time, which is 9 p.m. Eastern time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but we'll probably be in there a little bit earlier. So. Oh, yeah, we'll probably know. be in there early. Yeah, I mean, so I'll, just, just I'll, probably, I'll probably be in there at, at, at 5 my time, which is 8. So, yeah. But we'll yeah. kind of – we give that like official kind of hangout start time at, at 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 6 and then 9 there. No no joke or pun intended there. Um, yeah. But uh, – <laughs> But yeah, so so that that'll be kind of the that'll be kind of the hangout time then. Well, and, and really, um, it's going to be one of the things we are going to record it. I mean, because we probably will drift in and out of like you know who's reading what, where, what are some interesting things going yeah, on, just talking, and uh, we record that and then we'll post that for certain tiers for individuals to get into. But so go check that out. That's updated, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's something we're committing to basically on. Um, it's going to be on Monday nights for right now. And we're going to we're going to see I know we're trying to make a time where, you know, people who live in um, Australia yeah, or Europe live in or, Australia or England. And yeah. it's like, uh, how do we how yeah. do you how do you balance that? Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll do the, the hangout on Monday nights for now, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then Raven's Nest, we're going to pick a different day for that. But um, the hangouts will be on Monday. So it's, it's basically like the first Monday of every month, essentially. And we'll we'll keep you posted on that date. But those, I think, are going to be a lot of fun. Plus, it'll be more content for us. We get to know you guys better. People need to hear the banner. I mean, you guys are the people who are supporting the show. And uh, I think that's going to be great. Now, we also have uh, YouTube rewards there as well. So we've been making a lot more YouTube content. Our YouTube has been growing like crazy. So we're really yeah, it's, happy it's, about it's, that. It's, it's thank awesome. you. So absolutely. Yeah, thank you. And it's uh, it's just easier for Ez and I to kind of do uh, something like that where it's like, hey, we can just quickly fire off a, you know, if like some news comes out, right? Like, which we did have some news this week. Yeah, we did. Ez. But yeah, we so our, our, YouTube, our YouTube reward for sure is um, everybody who is a patron is going to get their name in the credits of the show. Um, uh, at, of, of the YouTube episodes, I have kind of like a scroll, you know, like you see at the end of the movie, it credits, um, and it just has everybody's uh, kind of name. And I have most people just down as sir and um, lady. Uh, if you want something specific and you're a patron, just email us or, or send us a patron message to say, hey, I'd prefer it to say this. I, for the people who I'm, who, you know, we talk to a lot and I kind of remember like, hey, this is like their specific name, like Lord Adam Parker of, you know, Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like that. So I have I have some people in like that, but I don't remember everybody's uh, thing. And so I just have most people kind of a certain lady. Um, and then it says like what tier you are as well. So if you're in the Night's Watch or you're a Free Folk or you're a Bannerman or you're a Hedge Knight or whatever. So I kind of have everybody um, listed as that. So if you want something specific, just let us know. I can easily kind of pop that in. And then I'm going to be just kind of updating that once every like couple of months because there's like almost there's like you know, like 70 or 80 people in there. So it just takes a little bit of time to kind of do that, um, to remake it. So I'm not going to be remaking it every time somebody drops in or drops out. 
Uh, so that'll be kind of refreshed once, once, once every bit. So, uh, but you will get your name in there. So, which is, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. You know, another thing we're going to do too, for like those, and YouTube if you want, videos. And ro- wh- oh, yeah. I'm sorry. One last thing. If you'd prefer like your, I don't know if you want, like you have like a social media handle or something like that too. You want it to be like at this, then you can do that too. Like your Twitter or something. Yeah. That's what I was going to say is that you, you can throw your social media thing in there. Um, we're going to create like a lower third for our bannerman and we're going to have, um, each video, we're going to have a bannerman kind of, you know, um, sponsor an episode. So we'll put your title, social media there, and we're going to be following people back on their social media too. So like that's with the bend the knee account or with our personal accounts, you know, if you're, if you're at that level, so it's, it's all updated. Essentially, uh, I'd love for you guys to go check it out there. We're going to be putting a lot more time and effort into that because that is the future for Matt and Ez, quite frankly. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, all right, as should we? Yeah. Let's. So there was there was a big uh, kind of piece of news. I kind of I did a YouTube video on it. Um, ironically, I did a musing about it on Patreon um, before. Uh, you know, so I, I I've been recording these musings in bulk, and so I have them scheduled out. So there are a lot more of those uh, coming as well. And I recorded one. I'm not, I can't remember if it's actually posted or not, it but is, I did yeah. one talking about, okay, could, is it possible that Gurr could finish the series in two books? And I was, I believe I said, yeah, you know, we're supposed to be, get, hopefully we'll get this announcement on July 31st. Well, it's canceled. Just like everything <laughs> else in, in 2020, Gurr has officially said winds of winter. There's, there's obviously the normal news, which is the book's not coming this year. But I actually think this time there is good news, as Come on. In, tell me about it. In this post. So uh, let's dive into this recent post from Gurr talking about the the winds of winter and kind of its, its uh, pending release, right? So he says, and I'm going to paraphrase here, writing, reading, writing. Um, so a quick backstory. We were supposed to have the announcement, he said earlier, uh, we were going to have the, the announcement of winds of winter. Um, he was going to go to this convention, which has now been canceled and have stand on stage. Cause he's the, he's the headmaster kind of host run, running this thing. It's finished. And if you don't, if it's not, you have my permission to lock me up. That's what he said. But so it was canceled. So he says, I have to confess after a year, after half a year of pandemic quarantine and social distancing, I am showing signs of cabin fever, half of which is quite literal in my case. Yes, I am in an actual cabin in the mountains. No, I have no fever, uh, for the present, at least I am healthy. For an out-of-shape guy at 71. If nothing else in the enforced isolation has helped me, right. I am spending long hours every day on the winds of winter and making steady progress. I finished a new chapter yesterday, another one three days ago, another one the previous week. But no, this does not mean that the book will be finished um, tomorrow or published next week. It's going to be a huge book, and I still have a long way to go. Please do not give any credence uh, to any of the clickbait websites that, you know, parse every word I say about anything. Um, so, I mean, basically, he, he goes on a little bit here. Um, he talks about kind of the pace, right? He says, you know, uh, as of late, I've been visiting with Cersei, Asha, Tyrion, Cerberuson, and Arya Hota. Um, he says, I'll be dro- I'll be dropping back into bravos next week i have bad days which get me down good days which lift me up he says you know way back in 1999 when i was in a storm of swords i was averaging about 150 pages of manuscript a month i fear i shall never recapture that pace again looking back i'm not sure how i did it then 
Uh, he goes on to talk about some other, just some other things he, he's working on and other projects. But um, he kind of he kind of finishes um, with. Uh, he says, you know, Holloway, Hollywood is also slow to crawl, but the House of the Dragon is still flying along um, with with writing and stuff like that. So that's kind of cool. There's a little bit of news we have on that. Um, and then he just kind of says, uh, you know, now if you'll excuse me, Arya's calling. I think she means to kill someone. So the crazy, the, 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 I mean, not the crazy thing is that we're not getting it. I mean, that's not really a surprise at this point as it continues to go along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is the first time in literally years that I can remember him saying, oh, I have finished chapters and giving us any kind of update, which is what we've been saying we want. We've been saying, God, just like how we just know you were writing the winds of winter. We didn't know how long it was taking, what you were doing, um, how far into it are you? And that's kind of what we will we'll talk about a little bit here. Um, uh, you know, so at least we know for a fact he is writing chapters and has actual chapters done. Um, which is just like, okay, at least we know, uh, <laughs> we're there, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. So let me, let me give you my two cents on this. You ready? I don't think we've actually had a chance to like pull this up and, and look you at and it. You and I, yeah, you and I haven't talked about it yet. Yeah. So, uh, Matt did a great, uh, YouTube video and then he had amusing, as he said, uh, coming out saying, um, you know, could we I recorded finish? that before. I recorded that before actually. Yes. And that, that was simply could, can this whole thing be finished in two books? And, and the answer is no. And actually, there is an indicator in this in the in his post that like, I I mean he he's either going to cut stuff or he's going to have to uh, he's going to try to make it fit into. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if if he said no, it has to be three. Like it just would not. Sometimes these authors right. think they can get everything done in one book. I'll give you an example. Robert Jordan's last book, A Memory of Light, um, ended up being three to four books, and he thought it was his final book when he was dying. He said that no, just there was one more. Here it is. And they looked at it and they said, there's no way we can't even like, there's no way we could put a book like this together. So uh, I'm, right. lo- I'm looking at what George is saying here and he's saying, you know, this is just, it's so big. Like the winds of winter is getting, it's getting so big that, that, you know, it's just, it's, it's a lot now, something interesting. So I will be one of those, I guess, clickbait, uh, you know, websites. that's going to look over every word that he's saying here. He does say this. He says, the last thing I need right now is a long interruption that might cost me all the momentum I have built up. What that tells me is an interruption would have cost him this momentum that he's built up. He would have had to stop and he would have had to prepare. So I kind of think regardless of whether that is, that is um, whether or not the convention happens or not, if, even if it's going forward, he would have shown up and he would have said, I'm still working on it. And actually it might've even been demoralizing to him to say, gosh, I had great momentum, but I had to stop to come to this convention. And what he's saying here is, the, the, the silver lining, as he puts it, is that he doesn't have to go to that convention or he doesn't have to whatever. It's, it's not going to be an interruption that is going to cost him all this momentum that he's built up um, says so he can visit next year and, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. So, yes, I am happy to hear that he is making a lot of progress and put this is we're, we're, we're pushing forward. He's, he's writing chapter after chapter like he. What he's saying there is he finishes a chapter one week. In one week, he's finished a chapter. The next week, he finished another one. And then he finished another one the following week. That is real good momentum. I am. That's amazing, right? Well, so he wrote, that's- well, well and not even that. In some, in some ways, I, don't, I guess it depends on the character because he said, I finished a new chapter yesterday, another one three days ago, yeah. another one the previous week. 
But no, this does not mean it will be finished or published next week. He also says, um, so at least now we have some sort of idea. We have some, we have an idea, right? Um, he says, uh, he says, when I was writing a Storm of Swords, I was averaging 150 pages of manuscript a month. So a manuscript, I don't believe, is the same thing as just like this is a finished, edited, polished chapter. It's just here's like content, right? And it's got to mm-hmm. all get yeah. cut down and. And whatever he says, so we we know he's not at that pace. And my guess is that he's not really close to that pace. If he thinks that it, it like it's like it's so far ahead, so that leads me to believe that he's probably closer to seventy five, which would be half or or eighty, um, mm-hmm. a, a pace of that manuscript a month currently while he's in isolation, which is at least you know good and so i don't know how many pages of manuscript you would need for a roughly 70 to 80 chapter book i don't know how many pages are in a dance with dragons which is probably the size that this book will be um but it's probably a lot uh so you know now maybe we can start doing some math and kind of breaking down and thinking about it um the interesting thing though is is the characters he's talking about Right. I mean, that's something to talk about, too, is well, hold on a second, because if you look at the characters he's written about. Right. OK. He says Cersei. OK. We know Cersei's going to be big. We kind of can use the show as a guide maybe for what she's going to do. OK, that's cool. Asha. Same thing. Tyrion. We kind of have an idea. Sir Barristan is interesting because keep in mind, um, Barristan Selmy dies in the show. Mm-hmm. We've talked yeah. about the fact he may not die uh, yeah. in the books, right? right? But well, where Sir Barristan dies in the show would be roughly towards probably the very beginning of this book. So if he were still to die, uh, it'd be like, uh, hold on a second, man. That means that you're like, and he's and he says, I'm in Bravos. Well, that would be like beginning of Winds of Winter, right? Because Arya yeah. comes back. I mean, like, well into what using the show as a guide would be, I mean, for, like, season seven, right? You know, like, and so it's like, well, hold on, hold on a second, man, here. Like, like, are you are you still in the beginning of this thing, or are you, well, yeah, are you where, towards where the you end? At? Yeah, it, it seems like, I mean, he did say he has a long way to go. That was one of the lines he said in, in, not a blo- in, in his post. Right. So I was like, well, I mean, again, that even if you're midway through – you still have a long way to go, or are you at the beginning and you have a long way to go, um, or it's a, or has he been writing these character? Has he been has he been has he been doing character arcs? So I I you know because I can't imagine that a POV writer would write okay well okay now I'm okay oh, I just finished this chapter this is going to be the next chapter and so now I'm going to because I think I think you write these people's arcs and then the editor and stuff come in and you say well okay now it's going to go. You know, here's where the here's how it's going to bounce around. Mm-hmm. I don't think he goes Bran, Daenerys. Okay, now this person, now this person. I think he just writes this is their story, and then it gets the pace and, and where where they fall in order gets moved around. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I don't know. I think it is interesting to look at like he says at the very end of that. You know, Arya, you know, is off to kill someone. Well, who who? Right. I mean, notice he doesn't say notice he doesn't say Arya is off to kill no one. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, because the person so he does talk about being in Bravos and finishing Arya chapters. Well, 
the person Arya is most likely to kill at the beginning of this book is the waif, right? And so, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So I, I, I'm. I, it's, it's. There's, there's good. There's good and well, good and bad. I, I, I think. It's I think all there's good. more good. I think there's more good in this. Me too. Me too. You know why? Because I have been saying for years, and I'll say it until Martin dies or until I die. Which who knows? I could die before he does, but. Um, I, let him finish. Let him let him write this out. Let him write this masterpiece. I guarantee you, as he's writing this, that things are evolving on him. That characters that think he's see, he's seeing a different path or whatever. However, he writes is amazing, and I love it. And so I say, let him finish. Let him work through this at at whatever pace works for him. And if he's on fire right now and he's just getting after it, then let let him go. Let I mean, I wish he wouldn't yeah. even have had to you know, do an update for us there. I mean, it's great to have an update on not a blog and, and, and what have you, but hopefully he did that and he went right back into this. Well, this is fever. This to me is, you know, we've been saying, right. And so, I mean, again, like ultimately we want the book. And so, but oddly enough, even though, even though in this, in this hold on this whole thing, you're still not getting it. The silver lining to me is this is the first time that I can remember where he's actually talked about how much is actually done. How much is, are you doing because before he just said i'm writing he didn't even say i'm writing chapters he didn't say i was writing this i mean he's flat out said here i finished multiple chapters i am at a pace in which i am finishing and he says you know he's, he says he says next year i hope that both COVID 19 and the winds of winter will be done um which is also i think just kind of a way that interesting interesting way for him to word it because before he's always talked about like if i don't have it finished if you know it's like it's this it's it was always kind of a negative like god i hope to have it done i hope you know like and he does kind of say that here i hope i hope that it will be done um but just the the tone of this message is more like i am making progress not god i hope i don't get bogged down by all this other stuff because my life's just a mess and you know, I'm just God. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I just got... now, this is more like no. I'm hammering away. Right. I think his mood is contemplative, right? And and so other times it hasn't been like he always shares his current. Right. Yeah. Mood he always shares a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he's he's good. I think he's doing fine. So I don't know. It's exciting. To, uh, take it for what you will. He still has a long way to go, but it, it looks like he's he's really zeroing in on on 2021 being that that year. I think there were years that went by where he barely touched it. To be honest I with you, too. I think there was times this, where he just got this is this is really telling. I I'm I'm with you. I think there were definitely years where he didn't even touch it. I yeah. mean, I think months would go by before he would touch it. Yeah, and it's it's because he's caught up in production stuff. He's he's again he's older. Depressed. You know, he, yeah, whatever. I mean, he sees the show outpaced him and everything. So that's tough. That's got to be tough on 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 a writer who's trying to create this. But he is he's fired up now. He's had enough time away from season eight. And yeah, honestly, this this pandemic has you know like you said he's been he's been um, in a, in a cabin just writing, just he got away from everything, which I think is great. I think it's right. awesome. I think it's great too. I mean, you think about it, all the stuff. Fire and Blood was coming out. World of Ice and Fire was coming out. Um, you know, they're reprinting uh, the versions of the book. The show was the biggest thing ever. Uh, I mean, you know, all of these things. He was in. He was constantly doing interviews, all this stuff. I mean, this is probably the first time he's had in years where he's like, "No, I'm just sitting down and I'm finishing my book." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, again, so it's it's not coming. Not really a surprise, but um, this is of of all of the posts he's made in the past couple of years. This one isn't. Woe is me. 
you have nobody to blame. I have nobody to left to blame. No, it's exciting. Myself. Yes. It's he it's a different tone, it's a different message. And at least we know literally that he has actually finished chapters. Yes. Which is yes. which which is which is important. It's so that huge. is that's that's definitely that's that it's it's good it is good news um in that front. So um there we go. So that's kind of, that's kind of the news, man. Crazy as I mean, it's just it's yeah. it's finally finally you know we've been asking. I just want an update. Like how where are we at in in the process? And he, while he's not super specific about it, we at least have something like that's I I have made actual legitimate progress. Yeah, I feel better about it too. I think he's gonna be fired up and and hopefully, um, and that's again why he was saying yeah. his tone was more hopeful and it was more optimistic and don't. People who are out there saying, ah, you know, this sucks. It's terrible. See, we told you. No, you got to really, even in his blog post, you need to go look at every word he, I mean, not that you want to alter it. Like, I, I guess if you do really look at it and try to analyze it, it is, as Sir Matt says, very optimistic, which is very different mm-hmm. from other posts. So I think it's a good thing. That's all I'll say. Good. Yep. Okay. R.S., uh, you want to talk about some maesters? Yeah, really, just a quick little um, discussion here. Nothing, nothing major. Just that they, we know that they're scholars, they're healers, they're messengers, they're scientists. Um, that they educate in the Citadel, which is located in Old Town um, House High Tower. Right, is is over. Kind of, um, they were important to founding the the Citadel and creating this this order. Uh, they're known as they're they're often called the Knights of the Mind. And I bring the Maesters up because of Maester Lewin in, in this chapter, and he's different. He is one of those rare Maesters who actually has a Valerian steel chain, you know? Mm-hmm. Not a lot of Maesters have that. And why why is that? And we'll, we'll talk about that in, in, in the chapter a little bit as to why he has one and why most people don't, and what it symbolizes and, and what it shows us about Lewin's character. And why I think we should actually believe every single thing he says. Um, <laughs> so it, the, their organization is broken down into you have novices and acolytes. I think it's in uh, pretty sure with it. They're at the Quill and Tanker where you get introduced to some of these novices and acolytes there. And we learn as Sam is showing up later in that book to Old Town, we learn a lot about their structure. So you have maesters who are sent out to uh, various kingdoms and keeps. And again, they're in charge of sending those messages, healings, giving um, advice and counsel, uh, th- things of, of that nature. Um, they do wear that collar, which is to remind them that they serve the realm, right? It reminds everyone mm-hmm. that they are a servant. And so even when you were to occupy someone else's you know, keep or, or if someone would, would invade another you know, uh, kingdom, the, the maesters are they're they're working for the realm they're, they're in a position of service so whoever ends up although they might have just been giving good counsel to this or that lord before someone took over uh whatever region it might be they're willing i guess to continue working for whoever that active lord or lady is if that makes sense you know like they're they're not they're not supposed to have those strong although they do right we see in stannis baratheon's case Right, we saw this at the beginning of this book that you do have some maesters who get close to the families that they serve and they care about them, and how could you not? Um, and they're trying to give them the best advice and counsel that they that they can. But maesters are supposed to kind of, you know, 
not to, to be to be outside of that, if you will. Uh, above maesters, you have arch maesters, right? Uh, those who demonstrate mastery in a particular subject, and they receive um, and they receive a mask, ring, and a rod in the metal corresponding to the link of their maesters chain, which signifies their expertise on a topic. So it's an extra thing that they have. So when you're at the Citadel, you'll see some of these individuals who have those um, extra items, whether it's a ring or a rod, in a particular metal that will tell you what they are an expert in. Okay, whether it's healing or uh, the histories or, or, or whatever. Uh, then you have Grand Maesters, right? So the office of Grand Maester was created in 5 AC by Aegon, um, Aegon the Conqueror who asked for an Archmaester to advise him on governing the Seven Kingdoms. So this Order of Maesters has been around for a long, long time. And interesting here, so the Seneschal is actually a... This is, this is the position, it's, it's a governing position, right, over the Citadel. It's... it's um, this person is chosen among the Archmaesters. And I kind of forgot about this, but the Seneschal is a... It's a he is appointed annually... And because the Archmaesters tend to see the office as a thankless task, it takes them away from their true work. Um, that individual is... Yeah, yeah. So whether they're, they're important or not, that word or that title often comes up around Danny and whether or not she should trust someone with that title. So I thought that was interesting. I was kind of like, oh yeah, I forgot that they, that they do that. And, and maybe that's a... We can get into that later as to which Maesters maybe say they don't want, want that position. Um, because it's taking them away from their true studies, but I think some of them maybe secretly do are, are okay with uh, being in that position. So that's really it. I don't want to go into to the rest of this. I mean, the maesters don't take uh, wives. They're not supposed to bear children. They're one of those orders that uh, Barristan Selmy, when he's talking to Daenerys over in Essos, kind of explains that they're one of those, those orders that um, have vows uh, of, of servitude. So, yep. Yeah. I think that's Absolutely, pretty man. much that's pretty much it. And I, the actually, real and, yeah. And the real question is, how much can we trust him? How much can we trust him? Yeah. Let me. Okay. I mean, when when Sam goes when Sam goes when Sam goes to the to Old Town, okay, he says, "Guys, I have literally seen White Walker." Ah, we don't believe that. Uh huh. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hear me out. So as you get ready, <laughs> okay. So as you get ready. To go into this chapter, we're going to do something a little unorthodox because, because I'm Sir Ezra the Watchful, okay? That's why we're going to do it. I want to read you guys something here. Matt typically reads at the start of this, and he's going to go over all those things. To say. I just want to point this out to go from Maester to the reread. I'll let Matt take over here in just a second. But um, Maester Lewin, at the end of this chapter, he tells us the truth. Okay, so in contrast to what people typically, you know, the maesters are doing their own, there's a conspiracy among them, all this kind of stuff. He tells us the truth. And they're talking about Greensight, and he's talking about Jojen Reed, and he, and he tells he tells Brand that Jojen does not have the Greensight. No living man has that power. And with that, I'll let Matt, let's dive in here to the reread, and I'm going to elaborate on that as we jump around in this chapter. Okay, all right. Well, uh, guys, last time we were into Daenerys 2. Uh, that's where there was the great celebration in Karth, and she, and she was showing up and kind of meeting everybody. We learned, well, Daenerys learned that Robert Brathian was dead, right? I mean, that happened a long time ago for us, but uh, she was kind of learning about that. 
last time we were with Bran, uh, uh, Bran was acting as the Lord of Winterfell. He had hosted the Harvest Feast and greets Mira and Jojen Reed, who arrived to represent their father, Howland Reed. That night, Bran dreams of the Reeds visiting the direwolves in the Godswood. This week, we are into Bran 4. Bran is with Mira and Jojen in the Godswood of Winterfell. Mira tells Bran that Jojen has the green sight. Um, has the green site, right? Like the internets um, mm. and has dreams uh, that sometimes come true. Jodren reveals that he has, he has dreamed of the winged wolf chained to the earth and a three eyed crow has been unable to free him from his, from the chains. Finally, Bran tells them some, uh, something from of his dreams and Jodren keeps pressing um, and Jojen keeps pressing. Summer gets aggressive and attacks as Bran gets angry, but the reeds manage to climb up a tree to avoid the wolf. Afterward, Bran asks Maester Lewin about Jojen Greensight and is told no man has Greensight. <laughs> that's what he told him. Surratt, that's what he told him. Okay. That's what he says, man. And I believe him. Okay. Uh, no living man has it. Okay. We'll talk about maybe some dead men uh, who look like corpses that may actually have it. So. You, 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 you know what? Go ahead and read this. You, you want to read that first paragraph, and then, and then I'm just, we're just going to go nuts here. Mira moved in a wary circle, her net dangling loose in her left hand, the slender three-pointed frog spear poised in her right. Summer followed her, uh, Summer followed her with his golden eyes turning his tail, uh, held stiff and tall, watching, watching. Yai, the girl, sh- the girl shouted. The spear darting out, the wolf slid to the left and leapt before she could draw back the spear. Mira cast her net, the tangles unfolding in the air above her. Summer's leap carried him into it. He dragged it uh, with him as he slammed into her chest and knocked her over backward. Her spear went spinning away. The damp grass cushioned her fall, but the breath went out of her in an oof. The wolf crouched atop her. So they're just kind of playing around here um, is, is, is kind of going on. But, uh, you know, props to Mira Reed. And I will say, uh-huh. not that I want to take your train of thought away, but a character who I think definitely the show was just like, well, like, see ya, uh, yeah. was Mira Reed. Okay. I mean, yeah. it's kind of like, well, uh, yeah, I guess we, we, we kind of forgot about Mira. About, about you know, we, we kind yeah. of forgot that she was a person. So anyway, as I, ju- <clears throat> di- let's dive into your into your, into your thing here. Okay. Well, so so basically, I'm really glad that you read that first part. This this first part here because Mira is throwing a, she's casting a net over a dire wolf. Uh, the reeds, and air quote the Starks are fighting here. Um, mm-hmm. she she, it's playful fighting. But I read this and I read this again and I was I was making some notes and you're going to understand why I say this a little bit later on. So hang with me for a second. But this net that is cast around summer is symbolic. It's symbolic of what the reeds and what Jojen is telling Bran about the three eyed crow. It is a net. It is a. It is limiting his connection with his wolf. Catelyn Stark often says to keep your dire wolves close. And all he's being encouraged to do is to pursue the three-eyed crow. And to he's this winged wolf whose chains we need to break. But you'll see later on, I don't trust Jojen. I don't trust him. I trust Maester Lewin more in this, in this, in this chapter. And I think he gives us some really good advice. And he's very knowledgeable. And I started thinking, like, what, what you know, you, you think of those twists or those things that George wants to plant in his stories. W- when the reeds show up, 
because of their father and because of the, the relationship that they've had and this long partnership and all this, we immediately trust them. We don't question anything. We don't question the reads at all. And I think we should be. I think we should be questioning their motivations or maybe not even their motivations, but the who's guiding or who's, you know, um, controlling, if you will, maybe Jojen. Yeah. So, th so there's a couple things. I, I truly think the more, I think George showed us right here that there's a suppression of that warg nature, through the, the casting of this net over this direwolf. At the end of this chapter, Bran cannot control those direwolves. And he says, well, they won't harm you because they know that I like you. And actually, he, um, Shaggy Dog and Summer will attack Mira to the point where Jojen actually, who no Jojen knows he's not going to die today. Uh, they were in such danger that she that she commands, she tells Jojen to run up the tree to get away because what they say and what they do to Bran, so it does anger Bran at first, and you can say Shaggy Dog is sensing Summer's anger, and that's maybe why they go. But it, but it got to the point where Bran could not control them, so. Brand is also still learning to master his dreams, to open right the third eye, and even to master his ability to connect to his wolves. So you could say all of that maybe is a part of it. But I think there's something, I think we're seeing something where those those dire wolves um, were a little bit upset. Uh, there's just a little nod there that they're that they're uh, not anti read, but I mean that they they were upset with what Jojo they said was something. you know yeah that they they sensed something they they know, they know they ha they have a they have a they have a strong tie to the Starks keep them close and they have obviously some sort of magical ability right because mm -hmm. they have ties to the, to these Stark children and they kind of open it up and um you know at the end Bran even uh, I, I kind of have it here um you know at the at the end of the chapter right um Bran uh, kind of thinks right you know like he's sitting he's sitting at summer supper everyone's served at the same time and there's nothing wrong with the food um you know the for food that was served the waters Bran is relieved nothing bad is coming to Winterfell but he is disappointed also so long as there is magic anything can happen yeah and yeah that's it's good that you brought that up so that was a dream right that Jojen had and said this is going to come, like he shared something with Bran that was going to uh, come to pass. I mean, okay, 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 let's back, okay, yeah, no, that's great, because with, with magic, let's, let's anything can happen, right? Um, so I'm going to go through just sort of my notes from start to finish. So now we will kind of go in order of this chapter, and I'm, I'm just going to highlight some things. And, and Sir Matt, just stop me wherever you want here. Okay, man. So... Mira is like back to this the situation with the direwolves and and them growing angry. Uh, Mira shook her head. Uh, does he never grow angry? She asked that question, and Bran says, "Not with me." So we talk about the dire. So I, we're we're actually our author has us focusing in on the nature of the direwolf, and Mira's wondering. I mean, Bran jumps on the. I mean, she casts a net on the direwolf. Brand jumps on, holds on. He's twisting, you know, uh, Summer's ear a little bit. And she asks the question, does he never grow angry? Not with me, Brand says. Not with me. Well, okay. But he does grow angry with, and even when Mira is casting a net and they're playfully fighting, right? Like, like Summer doesn't get angry with Mira. But when Jojen starts to talk about opening his third eye and, and getting into his dreams and sharing his visions, 
the direwolves are angry to the point where even it's not just summer who is connected to bran another direwolf who senses summer's anger is connected and shaggy dog walks out and like i said you can say that well that's all just because bran was also getting angry because he's a boy who's afraid who doesn't know what's going on but i say take a second look and and look a little closer now Brandon says, yeah, he wouldn't hurt you. He knows I like you. And there's a little more evidence that um, Brand really does like Mira. You know, he's, he, mm-hmm. he's got kind of a crush on her. And that kind of will we'll expand later on. So um, there's a little talk about, he, you know, he was hoping that the reeds stick around. All the, you know, after the feast and everything, the other high lords and stuff, they left. They went their separate ways. We'll talk about... Um, um, the Boltons and and what Ramsey uh, does to Lady Hornwood here in a second because there's a little side story here, but but they stick around and he's kind of saying you know I wish that the Reeds were actually um, our our wards instead of the Walters like because he just likes them more and he likes hanging out with them a lot. Um, okay, uh, let's see. Here we go. So he's asking Mira about her fighting style and like where did you learn that? Like where did you learn to cast a net like that and use that? That spear, did your maester at arms teach you net fighting? And she says, my father taught me. We have no knights at Greywater. No master at arms, no maester. And here we go. So they have no maester there. Who keeps your ravens? She smiled. Ravens can't find Greywater watch. No more than our enemies can. And I just wrote down here, I underlined that. Ravens can't find Greywater watch. But crows can. A three-eyed crow can find gray water. You know, so as as always, always, always going back to the. I mean, I I mean, serious. I'm sitting here going, now wait a second. Why even bring up that ravens can't get there? And again, it's another. It makes sense. You know, it's hard to find or whatever. But they are getting visited by a three-eyed crow, and that three-eyed crow has come to Jojen multiple times. Also, that three-eyed crow came to Jojen when he was his weakest, when he was at his weakest. And again, the, the, the flip side of that coin is you could say the Three-Eyed Crow is taking advantage of Bran and Jojen when they were in a weak state or fragile. And then, you know, kind of that's when, you know, um, the, the magic. Uh... You have one unheard message. <laughs> Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Is is Awoken in them? You know, like you could take a, 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 I guess, like kind of a negative connotation with that. Or you could say, no, it's because they were in such a dire situation that instinct and everything magic awakens to kind of save them and preserve them. I mean, you could go either way with it, um, I think. So... Yeah, there's that. And then she just, she, she, you know, Mira will say that the, you know, the keep moves. It's a moving castle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so, okay, there's that. 
Now we bounce down to this idea. Lady Hornwood, as we talked about for a couple, a couple brand chapters, is someone who is recently widowed. Sir Roderick was interested. Um, people are trying to gain access to her lands. Ramsay, on the way back, uh, essentially kidnaps her, captures her, and marries her that night. And the Manderleys decide in an effort to because they know that's not right they know maybe she was forced into a marriage and also her uh, this at this point for lady hornwood Horn, hornwood it's terrible i mean her her story that going forward is bad but the manderleys take over her castle and they're protecting the hornwood holdings again because they have relatives um and they have relation uh with them with lady hornwood and and they want to make sure that this is good they're there, so there's that. Sir Roderick, though, is also he's 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 upset with everybody. He sees that the, people are taking advantage of Lady Hornwood. Um, he's mad at Ramsay Bolton. He's also mad at uh, the Manderleys for taking over. So he is out handling all of that. Um, and this this conversation comes up because Mira says, you know, Bran wants to go to Greywater Watch, right? He wants to go there, and. Um, so, you know, she's basically saying, he's thinking, well, maybe Sir Roderick would let me. Um, he would he would like to go sometime. Okay. Um, so after that, okay, here we go. I'm, I'm going to read a little bit of this because I think this yeah, is you're ahead, Yeah, um, Sir Roderick might let me go. Maester Lewin would never. Yeah, Maester Lewin would never let him go. All right. Sitting cross-legged under the weirwood, Jojen Reed regularly, um, I'm sorry, re- regarded him solemnly. Right, yeah. It would be good if you left Winterfell, Bran. It would be good. Um, it would? Yes. And sooner rather than later. This is where Mira says, My brother has the green sight. He dreams things that haven't happened, but sometimes they do. And he says, There is no sometimes, Mira. And there's this look that passes between them. Uh, he is sad, and she is defiant. Okay. Um, Bran says, you know, tell me what's, what's going to happen. Bran says that, tell me what's going to happen. And Jojen says this, he says, I will, if you'll tell me about your dreams. Now, hold on. They just came in and Jojen swore. Like they, they, they swore those sacred oaths, right? Of loyalty in obedience and whatever, that they are, are loyal bannermen to Winterfell, to the Starks. This is the Stark in Winterfell. This is his prince. So I wrote next to that, there's no if, Jojen. You're talking to your prince, right. and he asks you, what, what, you know, tell me what is going to happen. Be an advisor at that point, Jojen. But Jojen says, no. I want to hear what's happening in your dreams first. Why? Why not just tell him? Why is it that Jojen needs something from Bran as well? And really, you find out Jojen doesn't have all the answers. Jojen actually comes to Winterfell not knowing who the winged wolf is, not knowing who he's supposed to be uh, seeking. He shows up, and by being around the Starks, Rickon and Bran, he start. He realizes it's Bran. He doesn't know. He actually admits that. Um, Later on, where he says that he does, he didn't know who he was sent to, but now he sees that it's Bran. So I'm like, wow. He doesn't have all the answers. He doesn't. Uh, <laughs> and he should. And he no. And you're right. He absolutely should tell uh, Bran what's up because I mean he's his 
I mean, at this point, yeah, now he's now his prince, right? Because, yes. as you said, that's a really good point because he is Rob's. You know, he's he's the prince of Winterfell. Even before he was your he was your liege lord, you should still be telling him anyway. That's right. That's right. The, the, to, to refuse that is kind of is kind of crazy. It just shows a little bit of manipulation, and it makes me, when you really look closely, not necessarily trust Jojen. And actually, it makes you. I'm going to make a connection to Melisandre. He may see things, but he misinterprets. He misinterprets. We we believe Jojen's interpretations. We just believe. Uh, for some reason, we trust the reeds and we say, sure, Jojen, absolutely. You, you, you see this winged uh, wolf who uh, you see a three-eyed crow pecking at the chains and you tell us it's Bran and we just believe it. We roll with this. Melisandre, we, we actually get lulled in, in, into that as well. And we start believing that, oh yeah, whatever she says or whatever she sees in her flames, it's true. No, George is way, he's not that simple. Um, right. The, these individuals misinterpret things. And Melisandre has been working with visions and seeing into the flames way more than Jojen has. And Jojen is a young boy who could be manipulated. But yet we have an experienced red priestess who looks into her flames and cannot quite interpret them in their fullness. But yet we are believing Jojen at his every single word. And just go look at later on the pale look on his face when he realizes... That maybe he messed up later on in in uh, Blood Raven's cave, but okay, uh, yeah, you're talking to your prince. Okay, so here we go. And then uh, so he he's um, he's asking him for those dreams. He, Bran is saying, "I don't have dreams." You know that that's not me. Mira says, "Everyone can hear you, right? Everyone can hear you." They're talking about it down in the kitchens. You wake up at night shouting and sweating, Bran, um, and and that is that is what it is. Jojen says, "Tell us what frightens you." so much now that tells you something okay in his wolf dreams he's not frightened okay he's not frightened and when you look at the three-eyed crow dreams he is frightened he's falling and it's the it's a it's you know it, the, the tactic there again maybe it's just it's it's something that that the three-eyed crow or that entity or whatever is using to try and open up some magical eye in bran and gain some access or something and to to do that, you need a dramatic, scary dream that frightens Bran that's going to help him open that eye. But it's amazing yeah. how peaceful and how, how much Bran wants to be in Summer and be connected with Summer. And that seems to be very um, harmonious. And it's, it's, like, it's, it's like an internal torment, right? He's being split two ways. Right? right yeah. he, he has, his, he has his, his stark life, right? And... You know, it's, it, with the with the interesting thing is is look at um, almost all of the Stark children go through that, right? Um, you have you have you have the, the struggle of of John, right? Of oh, do I I I, I got to go fight for my brothers? I mean, so much so that it ultimately ends up in his death, right? I mean, is um, Arya right the the struggle of becoming a faceless man, but she still holds on to Needle, right? She doesn't want to give up Needle. She hides it. She doesn't. She doesn't want to lose it. And then you know we don't know. Obviously, when's winter? But in the show, uh, I mean, she no. I'm going back to Winterfell. And so, and then you have Bran, right? That struggle between some between I want to be in summer and no, that's bad. You can't do that. You can't be. You can't. You can't. You can't be in summer. You can't eat. You can't. You can't. You know. You you can't do all these things. Uh, you need to give in to the three eyed three eyed crow raven in the show. Um, it is. It's interesting. Yeah. No, yeah, it, it really is. Something just dawned on me here too. Um, do me a favor, look up um, 
look up Jojen and look up Green Seers, right? Because the whole the, some of this conversation is that he has Green Sight, but is he a Green Seer? We go to see Blood right. Raven later on, who is the last Green Seer, right? And uh, you know, so but Jojen, it's it, he's he's not denying it. He has Green Sight and and Green Green Dreams. Um, and while you're looking that up, I'll, I'll kind of read some of this here. This is this is basically Mira talking about why Jojen's dreams are different. So yeah, Brantford yeah, so, says. So, so oh. do you want me to talk? Yeah, here, yeah. Let me let me let me read the page on Green Sight because I think you're right. There, I think there is a difference between Green Sight and Green Seers. Yeah. Um, a person with Green Sight sometimes dreams as other people, but the Green Dreams are different. Um, filled with symbolic meaning, images, and metaphors of what is to come. The meaning behind the dreams is not always obvious, but the dreamer experiences the fulfillment of visions and the unfolding of events. So suppose that these dreams can concern the, dream, the dreamer or another person, but the dreamer will be able to tell the difference. Uh, green seers might also dream their own deaths. Wargs have also been known to possess this ability. Green seers, the wise men of the children of the forest, reputedly um, uh, possessed the green sight. Some chronic men are also known to have green sight. One of them is Jojen Reed, who has unnaturally green eyes. It is possible this is the result of his advanced green sight abilities. Um, so, you know, the, the interesting thing is you think of um, Darren Targaryen, right? Who has dreams of a dragon being slayed by Sir Duncan the Tall? Well, mm -hmm. Sir Duncan the Tall does not actually slay an actual dragon, um, yes. nor does he actually himself kill any Targaryen directly. Exactly. Um, yep. His presence and 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 causing a chain of events results in the death of a um, Targaryen and you could actually say down the line multiple Targaryens in many cases right I mean mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, you could almost say Arian Brightflame kind of goes down this path uh, because of because of Dunk that causes him to be exiled and then he goes kind of crazy um, and then obviously the tragedy of Summerhall Dunk is somewhat involved with um, he kills uh, he, he, he causes Blackfire so you can also view as dragons um, their downfalls. So, I mean, there's a lot of that, but he never outright actually kills a dragon. Yes. Yes. It's, it's, um, yeah. So you, you kind of have to look at them. It's the same thing that Jojen is doing here. Um, the, I'll read this because it's exactly, it's, it's, it's identical. So he dreamed of a winged wolf bound to earth with gray stone chains, gray stone chains, not your normal, chain there right um it was a it was a green dream so i knew it was true a crow was trying to peck through the chains but the stone was too hard and his beak could not chip at them and then uh the question is asked did the crow have three eyes jojen nodded summer raised his head from brand's lap and gazed at the mud man with dark golden eyes so at that point brand is not necessarily angry Bran is just curious, and you have Summer lifting his head, looking at Jojen with those eyes, um, and, and very, very focused on the fact that we just referenced the Three-Eyed Crow. Uh, so here we go, uh, Jojen a little bit more. So when I was little, I almost died of gray water fever. That was when the crow came to me. He came to me after I fell, Bran blurted out. I was asleep for a long time. He said I had to fly or die, and I awoke. 
Only I was broken and I couldn't fly after all. And this is where he's told, you know, you can if you want to. All right. Um, he also says, you are the winged wolf, Bran. Now, how do we know that? Because just and it's the connection here is that the crow, he's falling and the crow is telling him to fly. Right. But he's bound down by these things. I mean, most people accept it. And I, I kind of do, too. Um, but I think there is something, as you say, with with Darren Targaryen um, misinterpreting those dreams. I think the same thing could be said here of Jojen and Melisandre. We have a lot of people misinterpreting uh, visions and dreams. Right. Yes. Yes, we do. Yeah, absolutely. OK. So he says, I, so here we go. Jojen says, I wasn't sure when we first came. But now I am. The crow sent us here to break your chains. I wasn't sure when we first came. He wasn't sure. So he's becoming more sure. So like, I thought the dream happened and you knew it was true. It was a true dream. True in what regard? What is true about this, this winged wolf who's bound by stone chains and a three-eyed crow? So that's just, that's true. And he's trying to figure out who the winged wolf is, but no one's focused on who the three-eyed crow is and what are the stone chains, you know? So there's a lot of different things that when you, when the, when the vision or the dream is painted, we're focused just on who is that winged wolf. And, and I just think there may be some misinterpretation. All right. Um, the crow sent us here to break your chains. Uh, here we go. Is the crow at gray water? No, remember brand Ravens can't get there. I mean, it's a good question, though. Maybe a three-eyed crow could get there, right? Um, no, the crow is in the north. At the wall? No, beyond the wall. So beyond the wall. So here we go. Um, yeah, when Jojen told our Lord Father what he had dreamed, he sent us to Winterfell. Bran asked, uh, how would I break the chains, Jojen? Open your eye. They are open. Can't you see? Two are opened. He pointed, one, two. I only have two. You have three. The crow gave you the third, but you will not open it. With two eyes, you can see my face. With three, you can see my heart. With two, you can see the oak tree there. With three, you can see the acorn of the oak tree. You can see the acorn the oak tree grew from and the stump that it will one day become. With two, you see no further than your walls. With three, you could gaze south to the summer sea and north beyond the wall. So there, there is a real difference here in, in between what supposedly the power of the three-eyed crow or the opening of your third eye can do versus what um, a, a green seer like Blood Raven can do. They, uh, during the war with the children, when the first men came over, they cut down the werewoods because that seemed to be like where those grew and where they were at that gave them power. They could see and they could influence yes. events and they could influence yes. even animals and life around it. But if you cut them down, their influence was reduced in that region. So that's the connection. Now, what Jojen's talking about here with three-eyed crow and opening your, your, your third eye, seems like you can see way farther and you can do a lot more. It is similar. It does seem very similar, I think, to what the green seers did with the children of the forest. But it also seems maybe just slightly different or even a little bit more. Okay. Um, yeah, and so I wrote next to this, you know, he says, I wasn't sure. And I said, yeah, just like Melisandre, 
right? Who well, who was yeah. sure, who was sure right. of herself, but then right. is is now unsure, right? Yeah. Um. Okay. And you jump in here wherever you wait wherever you think. I just I'm just kind of going through my notes. No, no, here. no, no. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Okay. So they live. Okay. Here we go. So summer got to his feet. I don't summer got to his feet. Watch out now. Summer's on his feet. His head was up and now, now he's up on his feet. Um, I don't need to see so far. Um, has his brand's got a nervous smile. He goes, I try, um, I'm tired of talking about crows. Let's talk about wolves. So he wants to talk about wolves. Brand's nature keeps taking him back to the wolf dream. And like, that's where he's a Stark, you know? Right. I mean, that's kind of the interesting thing I, I, you know, I, I said uh, earlier was the pull, right? Is, is su- He keeps being pulled to summer. He keeps being, well, I want to be, I, I want to be in summer. I want to run. I want to whatever. And they keep saying, no, you can't do it. No, you can't. You can't. You can't do it. Well, mm-hmm. the crazy thing is, is uh, Jon Snow, I think in the books, you know, like, you know, we, we talked about this in the in the show. They didn't they didn't do it, but it was a big uh, everybody thought it was going to happen in the books. I think it is more likely that John goes into um, ghost like wargs into ghost as he's dying because they've talked about that. And, you know, um, what's his name? They does it into the end into, into the bird and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then, you know, when Melisandre is, you know, in the show, we see Melisandre trying to bring John back and he doesn't do it. And she can't do it, right? And she's like, yes. you know, what's going on? Well, it's possible that she did, but it just took, you know, John to warg back in from Ghost, right? Yes. And so there yes. may be multiple things working on. And so, you know, the show just didn't explain all of that. Um, but that it's possible that, that may happen. So the, the pull of their, of their wolves and everything is very important. Yeah, it, it really is. And, and I'm not saying that Jojen doesn't have some special abilities or, or green sight or, or whatever. It's just to have a power in, in, in an ability, no one gets that. And then immediately knows, you know, like what it is, like the full extent, they're not a master of their abilities. And I would just say that Jojen is very young and, you know, has been in a vulnerable state. He's had these dreams. The Back to when he and Mira were having this look where he was, you know, he has other dreams, but when it's a green dream, he knows. And right. he's seen his death. And I think that's the one that Mira is sort of like, no, I, I don't, I don't, I, I can't believe that maybe he told her when he was going to die. Maybe he didn't, or maybe he said around about when it's going to be, and it's not going to be very long. You know, you would think that your younger brother is going to live for a long time, you would hope. Um, but when he says, I'm, I only have a few more years left that, and it's a, and it was a green dream, you know, that's got to scare her. And I think she would right. be in denial saying no. So I'm not, a, I'm not saying brand doesn't have, or I'm sorry that Jojen doesn't have these abilities. He does have some uh, uh, ability. And I would say a lot of the Starks seem to have in their blood, a connection to their wolves. And there's, po- there's a possibility that their powers could be more. When you look at the histories and you look at what green seers could do, green seers had the green sight and were wargs as well. So the first men believed that they was their respons- that they were responsible for carving the faces into werewoods, creating heart trees, and so on. So there's potential for someone who is a warg to be something more. And I don't know whether it, you know. Again, later on, Blood Raven. Um, the last green seer, excuse me, who we, who we see later on in the caves will say he doesn't recognize the three eyed crow. He doesn't know who that is. 
you know, he has he has no idea what, what they're what they're referencing there. But he does say he was also there in Brand's dreams. And he is. Brand dreams about where, where um werewoods, the three eyed crow, and wolves, all of them. So I kind of think you have to look at those three as separate things, although maybe the magic that's connecting them all is, is similar, um, being in their blood. But the three-eyed crow just seems to be the one who, as old Nan says, you don't trust them. They're untrustworthy birds. So, yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. Okay, so to continue on here a little bit, as you say, Summer is getting upset, you know, right? He's getting, he's getting mad. Uh, Jojen continues to ask him, you know, did you dream of wolves? Who's making Bran angry. Um, I don't have to tell you about my dreams. I'm the prince. I'm the Stark in Winterfell. And, and Jojen doesn't listen. No, it doesn't matter. He's now, trying. You know, it's, you know, earlier he doesn't say that when no, he, he does Jojen. And Jojen says, no, not, I'm not telling you. Right. Exactly. What you can see, though, in Jojen's nature, he's still buried. He's just, he goes right on, right? Was it summer? You be quiet. The night of the harvest feast, you dreamed of summer, right? He, and he starts to say, I kind of felt you. I could sense you in summer. And he says, just like I can sense you in him now. And they are, you know, connected. He and Summer are connected. But you're going to find out here in a second that, that, that although they're connected, Bran is also Bran and Summer is also Summer. You know, like they're still two, but they are joined, if that makes sense. Yes. So I, I wouldn't say every action that Summer is taking uh, is just because of Bran and because of their connection. I think when Summer... I think there's something that, that you know, kind of uh, piqued his interest when we started talking about the Three-Eyed Crow, and eventually he's on his feet now. He's on guard. Before Bran is ever even angry, Summer seemed to be on guard. Um, okay, so yeah, there's a low uh, rumbling growl rose in Summer's throat, and there was no play in it. He stalked forward, all teeth hot, um, all teeth and hot eyes, excuse me. Uh, Mira stepped between the wolf and her brother, spear in hand. Keep him back, Bran. Jojen is making him angry. Jojen is making him angry. No. And then this is where Jojen says, well, it's your anger, Bran, right? Your fear. Um, it isn't. I'm not a wolf, he's trying to say. But they, I would say at this point in time, they are connected. I would say that, that, yes. that maybe whatever heightened Summer, he's more heightened now because they are maybe connected. Because Jojen seems to say, I can sense you in him now. And it does seem when Bran gets emotional or he gets worked up or whatever, um, you know, when emotions are running high, that's the time where he, he doesn't even realize he's doing it, but he slips into his wolf. Um, okay, here we go. So, yeah, part of you is summer, and part of summer is you. You know that, Brand. I believe that. I mean, Sir Matt, I, I think too. that's, I think that's true. Yes. Um, so part of you is summer, and part of summer is you. And I'll say this: so if part of summer is also Brand then maybe some of the anger... So you got to l- really look at this, right? If if Summer's angry, then maybe Bran would get angry, you know? And maybe if he's af- if Summer's afraid of something, it goes it goes in the opposite direction. Well, and you think about, you know, some of it, I think, you know, you can talk about, the, well, the person's personality will cause them to train their pet a certain way. But I also believe that some of it is also because... is, is be- they share similar personalities, right? You look at the wolves. I mean, ghost is by far the most well-trained, well, you know, like kind of thing, but then ghost 
goes off and ranges right for himself which is what john ultimately wants to do you know that's kind of all what he always wanted to do was go off and range and ghost leaves for a bit and he comes back and he mm-hmm. yeah he, he kind of does his thing nymeria you know uh seems kind of like aria right out there in the wilderness you know the pack uh just from what we know and we've heard rumors of and then shaggy dog right is like very much like rick and young playful not really well trained because he's like you know, three years old and his mom leaves and right. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? So, yeah. yeah. And, and so I think they, they share some of that personality. So I totally think there's a lot to that statement. Well, yeah, that, I, I really focus on this because it's, it's two things. Now, every, everyone listening will probably say, look, brand doesn't have quite control over his dire wolf, but I would say if your dire wolf is out there and they sense danger, you would sense it. If there is that type of connection. So part of you is summer and part of summer is you. Um, so if Bran is, you know, oftentimes those direwolves are out scouting, they're doing different things, right? And they're connected. And so what they're sensing, Bran is feeling. And what Bran is feeling, they are feeling. So you have to make that, you have to kind of figure out here, which is which, right? Is it Bran who was getting angry? Um, and then that caused Summer to act the way that Summer acted? Or was it that Summer was on guard from the get-go? Because like I said, Mira casting a net and playing with the spear and him being whatever, didn't bother him. But this talk of dreams and falling and maybe he knows it's something that brand is struggling with and whatever there's something there's something going on i think it, it deserves you know looking at um let's get right to it though so brand basically uh mira's blocking him and she she's saying you know she's telling jojen to kind of get back you know brand call him off brand says i can't she says jojen up the tree he says there's no need today is not the day i die she screams do it and he does Right, he jumps and he scrambles up the trunk of the weirwood, um, using the face for his hand holes. Um, you know, there's something else there too. Uh, uh, I mean, it's all you know, whatever. The direwolves, they closed in. She abandons her spear. She also jumps up there. So it got to the point where the direwolves were were out of their control, and they're both attacking um, Mira and Jojen. All right. So, so that was that that was. That was it. So here we go. Now, this is where Bran actually says, like later on, uh, some, some time passes by, Hodor comes out, right? And he's able to kind of, you know, uh, get the wolves to kind of run away. Bran has a thought. He says, it was the wolves. It wasn't me. It's italicized. Bran is thinking it. It was the wolves. It wasn't me. He did not understand why they had gotten so wild. Maybe Maester Lewin was right to lock them up in the godswood. Hodor, he said, bring me to Maester Lewin. So here we go. Now we're going to transition. Um, Jojen says, you know, we're going to talk later and and so on. Um, so he goes up, he finds Maester Lewin, who was, you know, he always goes up and he studies with him, right? He's going to learn his letters and, and things like that. Um, but he's early. And so, so this is interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. He flat out tells Maester, Maester Lewin, Mira says her brother has green sight. And Maester Lewin says, does she now? (laughs) Does she now? He nodded. You told me that the children of the forest had the green sight. I remember. He says, some claim to have that power. Their wise men were called green seers. Now, this is important. Bran says, was it magic? Call it that for want of a better word, if you must. Uh, At heart, it was only a different sort of knowledge. I think right there, George R. R. Martin just told us a lot. 
that you can call it magic if you want to, but let's really look at what it is. It's a different sort of knowledge. The green seers knew the, the movings, the, the, the workings of the men in the South through that they could see through their werewoods, some type of knowledge or whatever they had, some type of connection where they knew uh, what was happening in the South. They also seemingly from a werewood could warg into other creatures and individuals in that region. Okay. So, but he says it's a different sort of knowledge. Okay. Um, let's see. What was it? Right. So Bran wants to know what was it? He said, no one truly knows, Bran. The children are gone from the world, their wisdom with them. Um, it had to be the faces in the trees, we think. The first men believed that the green seers could see through the eyes of the werewoods. That the, um, that was why they cut down the trees whenever they warred upon the children. Supposedly, the green seers also had power over beasts of the woods and the birds in the trees, even fish. Okay. And he says, does the reed boy claim such powers? No, I don't think. Um, but he has dreams that come true sometimes, Mira says. And, okay, uh, Mr. Lewin, all of us have dreams that come true sometimes. So, okay, all of us have dreams that come true sometimes. Do we all have green, green sight? Can we just not recognize the green dreams? Is that the thing? Is if you have green sight, you can, you can recognize the ones that will uh, come right. true. They're, they're, they're prophetic. Um, you dreamed of your Lord father in the crypts, right? We, we, he and Rickon had that same, uh, dream. He says, call it green sight if you wish, but remember as well, all those tens of thousands of dreams you and Rickon have dreamed that did not come true. So he's kind of, you know, chalking it up to, we dream a lot of different dreams. Maybe there are some, you know, like, like, like that come true, could we call that green site? If you want to call that green site, so be it. Go ahead. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, okay. So, okay. Now, now Mr. Lewin goes over his chain. He goes over what the different links mean. Uh, black iron for ravenry. Um, silver for healing. Gold for sums and numbers. Um, I don't remember them all. <laughs> uh, this is Brand Dog, right? Uh, he's, he, he then points to, Mr. Lewin points to the Valyrian steel chain link okay he says that this one um he says only one one maester in a hundred wears such a link so not very many right uh it signifies that i have studied what the citadel calls higher mysteries magic for want of a better word and maester lewin goes on to kind of say that he as as, as a younger man was interested like any young man would be i yielded to temptation i must confess it well, I was a boy, and what boy does not secretly wish to find hidden powers in himself? I got no more for my efforts than a thousand boys before me and a thousand since. Sad to say, magic does not work. He doesn't say that magic does not exist. Exist. He says that magic does not work. So I think that was that, you know, talk about one, uh, the, the difference in that word choice is tremendous. Um, Sometimes it does, Bran protested. I had, I had that dream, and Rickon did too. Um, there are mages and warlocks, right? And we've, we've come across them recently in Karth. Well, we right. will hear soon. Uh, more of them, uh, and even more going into the other cities that are climbing fire ladders and everything. So, um, let's see. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's just, uh, the Maester Lewin talks about the passage of time and how, like, over right. time, maybe there was once magic. Um, yeah, maybe, what, what little yeah. remains is no more than a wisp of smoke that lingers in the air of a great fire has burned out. And even that is fading. So talking, so there he's, I mean, kind of saying magic does exist, but it's almost gone. You know, yeah, Valyria it, it, it was the last ember, yeah. and Valyria is gone. The dragons are no more. The giants are dead. The children of the forest, um, forgotten with all their lore. All right, that glass candle, man. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. So now here we go. This is the part that I have uh, underlined uh, quite a bit, and I read it at the top of the show. Well, so, uh, mid mid roll. Uh, no, my prince. Jojen Reed may have had a dream or two that he believes came true. But he does not have the green sight. No living man has that power. I'm just going to say it. There are some times in a series where I think, and again, you can go, like later on, I mean, there's a lot of different things um, we can talk about with Jojen Reed and him being sickly, him looking like, some people even think he is, he more resembles a green seer than Bran does. Although Bran right. has the ability to warg, and Jojen does not, uh, which is, again, what we was just said here in this chapter. Bran saying, oh, yeah, he doesn't claim to have the ability to work into fish and birds and everything, you know, um, to be a green seer for the children of the forest. They also had that ability, seemingly. And so Bran, but Bran doesn't necessarily look like them with with the coloring of his eyes and things like that. Right. And then Jojen kind of does. So we, we, we go back and forth. But Maester Lewin you know, is acknowledging that maybe that once did, was a thing, uh, but he, he doesn't believe that, that Jojen has the green sight. No living man has that power. And I just started thinking, I was like, well, wait a second, you know, let's go to the last green seer, the one who we, who we do know that the children themselves claim is the last green seer, right? I mean, that, that's, that's one of their right. things is. Yes. Um, so in that, he looks like a dead man. He's a corpse. He's only being, you know, he's, he's technically maybe alive, but Brendan Rivers, Blood Raven, is, he's not right. necessarily a living man that has that power. So I just thought it was kind of ironic, right, that later on, the one person who we can look to and say, yeah, that person maybe has green sight. And by the way, you go back into his histories, and there, there's that connection to dragon dreams, right? Exactly. Those, those dreams. So it's not that he had... You, you know, like like he was able to possibly change his appearance um, in Maynard Plum. I mean, he was he was able to maybe With he glamour thing, right? Yeah, yes, right, right. And so that's the person that the children choose. Um, he had the mis the, the two mismatched eyes, right? One was one was red, right? Um, mm -hmm. So I don't know. I just think it's it's interesting that we got that, and I almost there's a lot of hinting here that. Jojen should not be believed and we we don't like we're told all of that through a maester but then we're told later on and 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 around the series to not really believe the maesters right and that they could that they're just the essentially they're hell-bent on not on doing away with magic and stuff but you have maesters like maester lewin who were intrigued by that who would love to know more about those higher mysteries and who did study them and who would love to believe that magic is real but they have been you know they they've seen that uh, silence it's, yeah, yeah, and, yeah and 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 viewed as and viewed as idiotic or 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 whatever yeah i'm with you as i i mean it, it's it's 
it all points it all just points to the fact that you know we we talk about this all the time perception right everybody's perception whose point of view are you reading um you know the maester all the chapters with maesters t- would lead you to believe that they're right and they know what they're they know what they're talking about but then later sam goes and maybe these maesters aren't as smart as we think and Jojen and these guys, eh, these maesters are hard to question. Even even look at a world of ice and fire, right? Mushroom tells us one thing, and Maester, you know, Yandel tells us another thing, and we're and they even in that, who whose perception are you supposed to believe? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I I think the same thing is true of people who have these powers. So I think the maesters get it right half the time, and the other half of the time maybe they don't, or they have an agenda. The same thing applies to people who have green sight and visions and dreams. Half the time, they get it right. The other half, they don't. It's not perfect, and no one's truly mastered it. Because Jojen will get things right. There are things that he will get right, and that, when he does, we go, believe this guy. This guy is... The wildlings and the Night's Watch will tell you magic and uh, creatures and all of this stuff is real. And and everyone's like, whatever. Right. Exactly. Exactly. We've actually seen others. I mean, we we actually know that some of the stories that old Nan is telling us are true. That's why I say you ever want to know what's up in this world? Go to old Nan. Old Nan actually seems to be the most accurate. Exactly. She's on point, man. She, she really is. It's, there's an irony in that, that she's old and feeble-minded and stuff, but her stories seem to pan out as, as more true than some of these other things. So, And one of the things she said is to not trust crows, and I don't trust them. Um, I don't trust I, them either. I don't trust them. So I guess that's my whole point, because at the end of this, um, you know, J- uh, Jojen is kind of telling him about things that are going to be coming to, to their meal. He's all worried about the meal with the phrase, as you mentioned, when we started the reread. Um, Bran thinks to himself, Maester Lewin has the truth of it. He told himself, nothing bad was coming to Winterfell. And that's not true. We know that, right? Um, no matter what Jojen said, Bran, Bran was, uh, relieved, but disappointed too. So long as there was magic, anything could happen. Ghosts could walk, trees could talk, and broken boys could grow to be knights. But there isn't. He said aloud in, in the darkness of his bed, there's no magic and the stories are just stories and he would never walk nor fly nor be a knight. So yeah. Remind me at the end of the show. What does, I mean, so is he still, he's still in, uh, he's in still a wheelchair. He's still in a wheelchair and he's still the three eyed Raven in the show. So, I mean, thread, so right there, there's some truth. Crawl. He never walks. He doesn't nope. fly. Nope. And he doesn't become a knight. No. Right? Right. Becomes a king. I mean, that's... becomes a king. Right. Yeah. So we're led that Brand's future. Yeah. It's not going to be what we think, but there's, we only mentioned three things. Much other cool stuff could happen. There's no magic and the stories are just stories. Not necessarily true. The stories might just be stories, but maybe there is some magic. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, exactly. It's, yep. it's almost like when, when George writes, it's like the first half of the sentence could be correct and the second half could be misleading a little bit. You know what I'm saying? That is how yes. complex. He he writes and and how, um, yeah, how how he drives us nuts. Yes. So there's that. But I just think we got to take what Jojen says with a grain of salt. And I I think um, you know Jojen can also believe for, like like truly believe he is doing the right thing right up to the very end. Oftentimes, you know, someone who is a a bad guy who believes in their motivations and and is sold that this is the right way. 
And I'm not saying he's a bad guy, but like I can't, you know, it's it's sort of like maybe he's it's doing hard, something hard, really bad, it, but it's hard it's hard to tell the the motivations and the uh, belief system of the reeds because everything we know about them is so vague and yeah. so that it's hard it's hard to tell. I mean, it, it, it's just it's hard to tell. I, I I just thought, you know, it was more you, you look for um, little bits of foreshadowing. I mean, for all we know Mira Reed could be Jon Snow's twin. I mean, yeah, well, there's a lot of stuff. Like, we, oh yeah, oh yeah. A ton I of, there's so many theories and stuff about the reeds because we don't have that. We don't have more confirmed information about them. Yes, yeah, for sure, hundred um, percent. So I don't know. You know, again, and, and sometimes I'm hyper focusing on stuff, and it's like really, it's not. That's okay. That, that's what the, that's, what, that that's what the point is. Right, and but there's been so many times where we haven't hyper focused on something, and then we saw in the show, wow, that was in front of us. But we didn't really give it much thought. We we kind of, and that's good writing. We're supposed to just read it, move on. When the reveal happens later, we will go back and say, holy cow, it was there in front of us the whole time. So I, I look at her casting the net over Summer and tangling Summer up and trying to essentially confine Summer. And the whole time, I mean, like initially it seems to be like we're going to push Bran into connecting with his wolf but then it becomes more about the pursuit of the three-eyed crow and less about the wolf and and uh you know brand will sort to kind of lose track of summer and actually he stops warging you know to be a warg means you're you're connecting with your dire wolf later on brand stops doing that and who is he warging into more he's not warging into he's not i'm sorry he then is a skin he's a he's a you know right. skin changer right yes. skin, yep. so He's not even, he's sort of abandoning that warg nature. And that is another thing that the Starks have, this has been a big problem, is that when they abandon that or when they grow distant to their wolves, they are lost and they start to lose their way. Now, I think Bran is going to recover and he's going to figure some of these things out in Winds of Winter. And that's a whole Winds of Winter Bran prediction. But uh, yeah, it's just going to be a little more complex than I think we, we realize. So Absolutely. sorry, it was kind of you know I, I. That's okay, man. Hey, that no, that's great. As that's what the point of this is. Is the point is to is to go on big long tirades and 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 rant and rave about about the stuff in the series that we find interesting that we think other people will find interesting. That's that. Yeah. That is the entire. That is the entire purpose. And I'm with you. I'm totally with you on this. Um, there is so much with Jojen and. And, and the thread crow. We, we you know. We, you know, we're, we're. I think sometimes we become a little hesitant to talk about the Thread Crow because we, <laughs> we had that period of time where we talked about him for like a month straight, and people were like, "Okay, we're 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 good." Right. But it's been a while, and you know, I mean, there's there. This is why we need wins, right? We just we just need wins yes. so we can we can figure out a little a little bit bigger piece of the puzzle because as far as we know, the Thread Crow could be a bad guy. Right, and there could and still a be a good. Game. Could be neutral. Could be whatever. Could be good. Yeah. yeah, and so and so we and so we totally totally got got to see. So, all right, guys. Though with that, we um are we we've collected a bunch of ravens. You guys have sent us a bunch, so we're gonna be doing a kind of follow up Friday episode where we're gonna blast through all of the ravens you guys have sent us on, on theories and stuff like that. And we've definitely gotten some cool comments on Patreon and as well as follow up comments on our YouTube uh, videos. So we're gonna be doing kind of a big uh, thing for that. So kind of with that man as uh, just one quick reminder, um, one week from today, we will be doing our, pay our Patreon Zoom hangout, right? It's gonna be a new cool thing. It'll be Monday. The 6th, I believe, Monday the 6th, yes. 6 yep. p.m. 
Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, some other time for all of you people living in other time zones other right. than those two. Uh, so we can you can do some math there. And so uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And again, as and I'll be on there long before that official starting time. So feel free to come in and hang out. Um, and we will get that going for you patrons. So that's going to be super, super cool. So, all right, as well, with that, we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing Chapter 29, Tyrion 7 of A Clash of Kings. Uh, if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you in a week, and remember that winter is coming. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com.